Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Time certainly flies. It is crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions. And three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Gaining experience early on in your life and your career is always beneficial for the long term. Our next guest started gaining real life experience very early on and has been able, able to turn that into a very successful career. I'm excited to have Jared Ginsburg, Vice President of Ticket Sales at OEG Sports and Entertainment with the Edmonton Oilers. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Really appreciate you having me. This is uh, truly an honor to be on here. So thank you. No, I certainly appreciate your time and certainly very excited to talk about your career journey. And starting from the beginning, you were always into sports, around sports. You ultimately went to Queen's University there in Canada and received a degree in economics. What what did you think you were going to do career-wise? <laughs> well, I, I always knew I was going to get into sports. That was uh, number one for me. Um, I knew in high school that was the path that I wanted to take. Um, kind of the old cliche, like I couldn't play at a high level, so... Let's work in, in sports and do that. Um, I was lucky enough um, to have a really good family friend that was a high-level exec in, in the industry and gave me some really great advice uh, in high school that was more along the lines of don't necessarily focus too much on getting into sports management um, or going to that, like a sports management school, get a business degree so you've got a good follow-up uh, if needed and sports doesn't work out for you, but try and get as much experience as you can during the process. And that's what really prompted me to go from San Francisco, where I grew up, to Canada for school. Um, I knew I wanted to work in hockey and uh, let's get boots on the ground and uh, get as much experience as I could. Go so, right to it. Yeah. It's great advice, Jared, because you know so many people right? That, uh, Hey, I want a sports management degree because I'm just, I love sports. I love sports. And we go through it all the time. Right. You know, we always joke, like when somebody says, why do you want this job? It's like, I love sports. Well, you should buy season tickets. Cause like you need to understand that business side. And so understanding that and you had throughout your, your, your kind of college career, you receive an internship, you know, first with the the Bingham senators, as well as the Kingston Frontenacs. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. All right. Very impressive. Um, (laughs) You know, and and as as you think about many of those internships people may get are in the minor leagues. And that's really where you're able to gain a little bit of experience doing everything and, and many times setting yourself up for future success. And so what was it like for you knowing that you may be selling tickets one day, helping with a community event the next, and then being a mascot on another day? Yeah, I, I think that's the beauty of minor league sports and um I, I think from from my end of things, I wasn't locked when I was in in university and uh, getting into my first job. I didn't know that ticket sales was going to be my path. Um, I knew that was going to have to be part of the path, uh, but I always felt that I could do something complementary. And in in the minor leagues, that really gave me that opportunity. Um, is in Kingston and in Fresno, um, I was certainly able to do some game presentation, um, which was really a passion of mine at that time. But also selling on the side. Um, in tickets and corporate sales and really allowed me to sort of carve out where I wanted to go and kind of test the waters. And even to this day, um, we still get the the very 
gracious opportunity to work um, in both the Western Hockey League with our Edmonton Oil Kings and in the American Hockey League with uh, overseeing our Bakersfield Condors business ops as well. So still in the thick of it and still a big supporter that uh, minor league sports is a really great opportunity for people trying to get into the industry and not entirely sure of where they want to go. Not, with yeah, and, and I think even advice on that is just because you're in an organization that may have 10, 15 people Get your hands dirty with everything so you truly know what you want to do. And, you know, throughout that, your your first and real role out of college was with the Fresno Falcons hockey team. As you think back to your time there, what's one piece of advice you'd give every listener to focus on really trying to accomplish in those first several months of your of the business or your first career? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing um, and, and certainly something that we preach to all of our new account executives that join us here in Edmonton now, this has really stuck with me since then, is you just you can't dip your toe in the water when you start. You just have to jump into the deep end. And I think uh, there's there's a couple things at play on that, and especially for the folks that are in ticket sales or want to get into ticket sales. A lot of it is is up here. Um, it's mental. Yeah, it's all and, mental. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think if you dip your toe in the water, you start thinking too much about the process and how things feel as you go through it versus just getting out there and focusing on results um, and trying to drive as much as you can through activities. And so it's not so much the uh, being the leader on the scoreboard right away, uh, but it's uh, necessarily, can you be the, the leader with activities and doing all the right things? Um, and that to me is, it's all about effort and just driving, diving in head first right into the deep end. You know, Jared, on your end, we, we kicked it off by talking about you've always been around sports. You knew you wanted to work in sports, but then you you took a little bit of a curveball. You, you took kind of the fork in the road and you got out of the sports industry and became a business owner at Designer Center. Walk the listeners through that journey for you. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think I got uh, probably as several folks have um, when they get into sports and they say, OK, I've done this for a couple of years now. And I want to go make the real money and uh, <laughs> and always kind of been through uh, through that ringer um, several times. And I think for me, I made the decision um, that I, I look back today and say, was it the right one? Maybe, maybe not. But it's the path I took. And honestly, that's where we go with it. Uh, but it was a financial decision for me. Um, and there was lots of good things that came out of running my own business and learning how to market and sell in different ways, manage a staff. These are all all pure business skills that I think have helped me down the road. Uh, but it was one thing to, to get out of the industry and, um, and really take a different career path. It certainly made me miss uh, being in sports for sure. Yep. Well, then you, 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 to that point, you missed it. You got the urge to get back into sports. You went back to Kingston and, you know, as you think about getting back into sports, you know, you then spent three and a half years in Kingston then you head to Edmonton first as the director of ticket sales and now have held three different roles in the eight plus years with the organization. You know, in this business, we often talk about being willing to take risk, getting out of your comfort zone. And, you know, the move to Edmonton was not only away from the team you have known, the area you've known, the family, but as well as now into the NHL and into professional versus minors. What's your advice on listeners on being willing to, to take that risk? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in this industry and particularly in Canada, uh, where there's not as many teams, opportunities are limited, that you're going to have to move at some point. I know that, uh, that everyone's heard that, but the reality does hit you at certain points. And um, I know it's it's something that we've dealt with in terms of recruiting for for every level of the organization is just trying to ask people if you're ready to move and, and take that next step. 
um, it's it's a difficult decision. Everyone has their own personal preferences on it. And for me, I was happy doing what I was doing. Um, status quo bias is is real. And uh, for us to stick where we're at, and it's comfortable, it's easy. I wasn't looking for a move when uh, when the Edmonton opportunity came about. But I think for me, what it really boiled down to at that stage in my career was saying, I can keep doing this for a few more years here in Kingston. I'm happy to do it. I'm excited to do it. But at some stage, I'm probably going to max out in this organization. And at that point, I don't want to be stuck where I'm at. Um, and, and just said, okay, we're putting our chips down. And my wife and I made the move to Edmonton. No family here. Didn't know anyone. And uh, here we are nine years later. It's with home now. And this is home now. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Jared, one of the things we talked about is you, you at, at one point in time got out of the sports industry, got the urge to, to get back in. And now many listeners right now are probably thinking, do you regret it? Or like what was maybe getting into sports to start your career, then moving outside of sports back into sports? What is advice now? And like if you were out there and you want to get back into sports, if you ever leave, what's kind of that big adjustment you need to make sure you're ready to take on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly uh, the the pace that we work in sports, as everyone knows, that's that's in the industry. Um, it's it's very rapid. It changes quickly. The landscape is much different than it was uh, even just a couple of years ago. And so, I think for for me, getting out and getting back in, um, I, I was uh, I don't know if I want to use the word regret it. Um, would my career be at a different stage now? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but there were certainly lots of positives I took from being outside the industry. Um, and taking those back in uh, with me. But I, I think for for folks that are uh, looking at it from the same lens that I did and saying, well, what's, you know, is this my long term or do I want to be here? I, I really kind of going through that process, I can look back now and say it's a lot harder to get back into the industry because uh, yeah. we're all looking after a couple of years of being out of it to say, well, I should be at a higher level. And so you may have left as a manager, want to come back in as a director, but there's so much competition for those roles that even as a hiring manager, I probably would be deferring to someone that's been in the industry recently and is up to date with the current trends, technology, sales strategies and whatnot uh, versus someone that hasn't been. And so uh, that was that was something that really weighed on me. And, and when I we talk about risks and selling my business to move back to Canada um, to uh, jump back into the industry was a huge risk on my end, a pay cut and and everything um, to do it. But it was certainly worth it um, in the long run for us and, and happy that we made that adjustment. I just say in the long run, it certainly has worked out very well for you. And, you know, as you think about the organization now, you know, you've been there, they're almost nine years. And oftentimes it's rare to be able to get promoted so many times internally. And every stop you have been, even back in your early experience, you've been able to grow internally. What do you feel like you've done on a consistent basis to continue to get those internal promotions? Yeah, for me, the bi- the biggest thing has been to not focus on upward growth so much and say I'm chasing a title. And I know that uh, that certainly for people is important and uh, fair enough, and that's okay. For me, it wasn't. Um, I want to be able to make sure that I built the skills that were necessary for myself to achieve uh, and succeed when I get into that next level, whenever the timing is right on that. So I haven't been... Uh, someone that's chasing an opportunity here or there, or chasing a title for that that reason. It was focused on what I like to refer to as horizontal growth and trying to grow my skill set in the role that I'm in and expanding what my my capacity, my scope, my range uh, yep. to be ready for what that next opportunity is. And I certainly think that uh, I've been given a lot of great opportunities from the organization here to do that. Uh, so it's been really complimentary with the growth of the organization, but also my my personal growth and been given those 
little pieces. Let's add this on. Let's add this on. Let's add this on throughout the uh, the opportunity. And so it wasn't so much title as more that the scope changed significantly in the nine years here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you think about your nine years there, what are you most proud of at your time at the organization? I think one of the the things it's easy to say the success that we've had on the Oilers side uh, from a ticketing lens, uh, being in a small NHL market, and uh, we've had great success there. But I'm almost prompted when I look at it, uh, it's almost more the minor league teams and the success that we've been able to grow there by putting in really good sales structure and strategy um, on both the Edmonton Oil Kings side and uh, on the Bakersfield Condor side. And it's been it's been really remarkable to see the growth and the staff that have come up through those organizations over the years. Uh, that's really made me the most proud, I think. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Jared Ginsburg, Vice President of Ticket Sales at OEG Sports and Entertainment. You know, Jared, let's get into three hot topics. In question one, as as we've discussed, you've worked for a variety of teams throughout your career, and certainly some some different markets, and then certainly on the on the ice, certainly some good and some bad teams. What's your advice on being able to sell regardless of wins or losses? Yeah, I, I think uh, it really goes back to the thing that we always talk about is selling the experience, and I think that's fair. Um, but ultimately, for me. I take a, I'm a firm believer that when we're selling in any market, we can't go out and twist people's arms to buy things. Uh, but what we can do on the back end is we can do the fundamentals right to make sure that ourselves or our sales reps that are going out are put in the best light and the best opportunity to make a to make a positive outcome on a sale. So we focus significantly on sales and uh, or sorry sales uh, training practice. Uh, that's all part of what what's the heart of our program, knowing that we can control what we can control. Do we have the best collateral that we can bring out with us? Are we the best trained staff? Uh, do we have we been as efficient as we can be on the marketing side to filter the best leads to our team? Those are the things that we focus on to make sure that wins or losses, whatever's happening out on the ice, uh, that we're again putting our staff into the best light possible. Absolutely. And, you know, question two, thinking about putting your staff in the best position possible, you know, in the organizations you've worked for, we talked about, you've been able to get promoted internally multiple times. Now, from an organization's perspective, what do you feel like the organizations you've been a part of and really good companies out there do to help retain top employees like yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the common adage is just pay people more. 
And uh, I, I definitely think, I mean, sure that that helps uh, and that could be a long, uh, long-term, short-term help. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, there's always going to be another company that's willing to pay for talent uh, more than your company is. And so I don't think that uh, that is just uh, cash. Uh, I think there's a lot more to it. And we really try and focus on, on sort of the growth and opportunity development pieces that are tied to it. And so I think, the more that we can engage our staff and our employees in things that aren't directly related to their core role uh, that they focus on. And, and for us, it's, you know, how do you engage an account executive? Well, here's some opportunities to learn on the management side or learn about what we're doing with this committee or this uh, subgroup that we have going on. There's lots of things that can be uh, implemented that help with that development side of things that aren't just here's more money uh, to pay for yep. that. And obviously that helps, but end of the day, I think providing opportunities to your staff to grow and develop within the the confines of the organization in outside of their role is really, really important today. Awesome. Great advice. And in question three, we've talked about working for the right people and knowing that they will take care about you and invest in you personally in your career. What's your advice to listeners on being able to, to find a mentor or mentors early on in their career? Yeah, so, so, so important. Um, I've had lots of good mentors over the course of my career and still do to this day. And I think almost uh, speaks volumes to the importance of it early in your career that it's equally, if not more important, uh, even at this stage of my career. And my I have got a mentor that I'm able to sh- bounce ideas off of, share things. Uh, that someone that's not my boss necessarily and can get a different perspective on it. Um, sometimes that person can uh, kick in the pants when you need it uh, from a different lens uh, than than internally. Um, so I think for someone that's just starting out in the industry, having that mentor or someone that you can really rely on, that you can trust, um, that's truly, truly, genuinely interested in seeing you develop is so important because it can open a lot of doors. Um, it can help you make tough decisions that uh, you might not be uh, well-versed in your first uh, first couple of years in the industry. Um, and I know that being a mentor on, on the clubhouse has been really important for me, but also some mentorships I've done outside of that and seeing the success of some of those folks has been so incredible um, from my end. I'm just, I'm genuinely happy to see people getting promoted or uh, moving on to different teams, different roles. And so I think it's, it's definitely from a mentorship standpoint, a, a strong two-way street mentorship is incredibly valuable for anyone at whatever stage of your your career. Absolutely. Great advice. And certainly for for everybody, to your point, no matter what stage you're Mm -hmm. in in your career, gaining that mentorship. And Jared, what a great career you've already had. And as you think back, what's been your best memory? I think it really has to be opening our new arena here uh, in Edmonton, Rogers Place. Um, There was just so much work that went into putting this together. And I think that's one of those for some folks, uh, once in a once in a lifetime career moments, uh, they're getting to open a brand new building, and um, I, the the memories that we have of the long nights, the long hours that uh, were put into that, and uh, even just the still remember the moments of walking through this building for the first time was pretty incredible. Um, yeah. That doesn't leave you too quickly. Uh, but even thinking back to our first games that we had here on the Oil King side, on the Oilers side, and uh, just the excitement of the fans coming into the building, just something that that really sticks with you and just so proud to be part of the team that put that together. Jared, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your, your career journey. To close it out, I like put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. If you had to sing karaoke, what song are you choosing? Oh, no doubt. I am a uh, Tom Petty fan through and through. So free fall and I can belt that out 
in the car, um, no problem, but karaoke, maybe a little, uh, I love it. If we had a little more time, I'd probably have you sing it, but we're, we're closing it up. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Go chicken and rice, lots of different variations of it. Healthy filling easy. If you hosted a talk show, who would you ask to be your first guest? I'd probably have to go. I, I I'd say Warren Buffett. Um, I think the not just for the wealth that he's accumulated, but uh, just the way that he's done it and the simplicity of it um, is so remarkable. I think there's so many uh, great business principles that you can take away from the way that he invests that you can drop into our everyday lives and what we do, and just simplifying what looks like something that's incredibly complicated. Jared, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, so I, I think we had touched on it uh, earlier, just on on horizontal growth and and really focusing on the skills needed for your next opportunity and trying to gain those versus just trying to keep putting your resume out there for the next opportunity. I think that's one that's that's really big and is hard for for a lot of folks to focus on because uh, they're always thinking about the next step. Um, yep. I think think about the current step and what you can do to better yourself. Um, I think everyone should uh, read more. Um, I'm a big reader. Uh, I think that's so important for folks that are coming up in the industry. There's nothing better than reading a new concept in a book and being able to put it into practice the next day. Um, That's one thing that really gets me going and gets me excited uh, to come into work. Um, And I think ultimately the bottom line is just trying to take on as many new experiences and opportunities that are afforded to you. So if it's, if it's internal, if it's external, that's related to your career growth. I think those things are just so valuable. Um, I think that we're taught today to say no to things. Um, mm-hmm. In that's certain true. cases for me, it's how can we say yes to more and, and try to take on more uh, within reason uh, that's going to keep growing our skill set. Jared, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Yeah, my pleasure, Travis. Thanks again for having me. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.